Hello, I'm Mallory Rubin. And I'm Van Lathan. Check out the Ringerverse podcast from The Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. We're going through all the waivers, all the players you should add to your team this week. It is going to be week 10. Wow. Teams on by Cincinnati, Chicago, Giants, Texans. Thank God. I don't want to see any of those teams play. Finally, a week <laughs> that buys aren't that big of a deal. What's the opposite of a bipocalypse? Like the best, I mean, who are the players on by this week that matter? Like the Bengals, Joe Mixon and Chase and Burrow. And other than that, we're talking about Saquon and Brandon Cook. Do the Bears even have a player that should be started in fantasy? I guess David Montgomery's off IR. The Bears should be on by every week. <laughs> no, so I, well, we they should, should have relegation in the NFL. Alabama should be promoted, <laughs> and then we should just demote the Texans. But anyway, those are the teams on by. We're going to go through all the players you should add. We're going to do showdown time. Sorry, I did it instead of you, Craig. People, you'll have to wait and see what it sounds like. Oh, okay. Mm. If you don't know, I mean, you should know by now. But if you don't know, we're going to go through each position and we're going to pick the number one player we would take from that position for this week. And if we have the same player, we're going to fight over them via trivia. You'll figure it out. It's really not complicated. Start with running back? Yeah, sure. Per <laughs> usual. Again, the only running backs, I guess it's just Saquon and Mixon on by this week. Mm -hmm. The only other one I want to throw out there is that we're not going to count this person, but if for some reason Devin Singletary is available in your league, you should probably add him, although he's probably not. But Zach Moss has a concussion in Buffalo. We don't know whether he'll play next week, but if for some reason Devin Singletary is available, we would take him probably, I assume, over all these other guys we're about to talk about. So having said that, DK, Yo. who is your number one running back pick? Oh, so I was talking to you guys, I was telling you guys before the show, I'm really torn on this, especially the running back one, because there's several different guys I think have upside and are interesting. I'm going for the ceiling, I think, uh, on this one. And I'm going, and this is probably way out of left field. You guys are probably going to mock me mercilessly. Is he going to say, wait, can we guess? I think you're going to say Eno Benjamin. Yes. Oh, what? Number one? So let me explain why I'm going with Eno Benjamin. And let's oh, so it's, start it's with a, just who the hell that is would be a great. Eno Benjamin, to... former seventh round pick for the Cardinals. He's stuck around last year with the team, and he is now like their third string slash special teams guy. I think he, I think he profiles as the backup. Like he's been the guy that's been active on game days. Um, I know that uh, Jonathan Ward got hurt a couple weeks back, had a concussion. I don't know what his status is in terms of like being ready to go 
going forward. Um, but he's also just a guy that I like, and he was good in the preseason. He looked, he looked like he had some juice. Um, so I guess it just comes down to taking a flyer on a guy who could have a bigger role than you expect. Every week, this happens. Well, because you're bearing the lead here. Sorry, yeah. Uh, Chase Edmonds, it came out on Monday morning, I believe, that he has a high ankle sprain. He's going to go to the IR. So that means... Four to I six assume, week injury. Yeah, this is a this is a kind of an extended injury. And there's also like the potential he's just not going to be back to his like regular explosive self this year. Like it, These injuries are very bad for um, skill position players, running backs in particular. We saw like Saquon came back from one too early and he just didn't look the same. This has happened over and over before. So um, I'm really tempering my expectations for Chase Edmonds the rest of the year, basically kind of treating him as like he's done for at least a month, um, if not longer. And so we're getting into like right into this fantasy playoff. So in the meantime, this obviously boosts the potential for James Conner. It definitely boosts his like overall worth. He is what people are calling like a league winner now, potentially. Like if you have James Conner on your team, He's probably going to be like a top 10, maybe even higher top guy going forward. What a world. However, the, the Eno Benjamin pick for me is really about uncertainty and upside. And so there's a world, there's a scenario here where I could see Eno Benjamin sliding into the Chase Edmonds role and then James Conner basically just doing what he has been doing. Because I think, look, let me put it this way. I think it's more likely James Conner just gets like 75% of the workload going forward. However, I think there's a chance you know, Benjamin picks up more than we think he's going to. Does that make sense? So I think I'm basically just taking a flyer on this, hoping it works out. If it doesn't work out, not the end of the world, just you can drop him. Um, but, you know, he's looked good enough in the preseason. He kind of fits that role as like an early down or like the kind of player that Chase Edmonds is where you're providing a little bit of juice and space. Um, and he has some utility in the passing game. So I don't know. I'm just like... I'm playing the uncertainties here. I'm playing the probabilities. It's, it's, like obviously, it's most probable that Connor is going to be the guy, but you just never really know. So that's that's my pick for here. Um, he's owned in zero percent of leagues right now, so he's out there. Uh, and I and look, there's you guys could probably we'll have a discussion about it. You could talk me into other guys here. I think, um, but ultimately, I put him at the top of my list. Thoughts? I think this is the biggest disagreement I've had with any pick we've done so far. Not because Eno Benjamin isn't worth an ad, but because I think that there's guys I clearly prefer over him. I mean, yeah, like who? I don't know if you want to just go through names right now and then, like, because there's a lot of guys we got to talk well, clearly about this. Uh, sure. Just hyphen, say, first level. say who you picked. Well, I was also between like multiple people. Mm -hmm. And I. I mean, I, th I, I'm basically just going to go with Alex Collins for the Seahawks. Although I'm between like one or two other people, Alex Collins, ob obviously he's like more known. Basically, it's like the Seahawks they they weren't on buy, so really I'm saying you should check your leagues to see if someone dropped Alex Collins because the Seahawks mm -hmm. were on buy this past week, and I am really not ex hopeful that Chris Carson plays again this season because it's just a neck injury and. Those are tough. We'll see what happens with Rashad Penny and, um, you know, the timeshare with Alex Collins. Alex Collins had a hip injury going to the bye. We'll see. But basically, if Russell Wilson comes back and the Seahawks offense is good again, and you can just get the starting running back for the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson off of waivers, that's incredible. There are other guys I'm willing to hear over him. Yeah. But, you know, you know what, what I keep forgetting is freaking Benjamin. Name. You, you know, Benjamin. Benjamin was not one of them because... I don't, what is, first of all, he's like barely ever played in the Yeah, NFL. he hasn't really played. And then two, 
James Conner is still going to hold on to the most valuable work. James Conner is still going to be the goal line back. I have no thoughts of seeing five foot nine, you know, Benjamin in goal to go situations at all. And then I also am not convinced that he's going to be necessarily even pass blocking on really important downs. Like I still think James Conner is a good enough receiver to still keep some of the pass catching work. So I, I think, you know, Benjamin does have some value. And yeah. again, the Edmonds injury is long-term enough that he will probably have more value as it goes forward. But he's certainly not a plug and play player for this week. No, I think, okay. Yeah. And I think I need to offer a big caveat to my, to my pick here. And I know that some people are looking for this week's fill in and that's fine. And you guys definitely go with what Craig and Danny are going to say here. If you're looking for someone to start this week and this week only, um, I think that makes sense. Um, I do personally think like the waivers are where you pick up a guy a week early and then reap the benefits over the next month. That's also a big priority for me. So Look, there's it's there's a strong chance Eno Benjamin doesn't amount to anything, and then you know that's fine. You can just bench him or whatever. You can just drop him. Uh, but this like this run game is very exciting. They're they're a good run game. They're a good offense. They're one of the higher scoring offenses in the league. Um, the, it, it's an offense that naturally creates space for its running backs. I just think there's a chance. If and, and that's like really what this is. It's just like taking a chance on a guy. Uh, and also, like to be honest, the other picks, all these other options that are out there this week are, I would say, on the lower end of upside with Alex Collins. Yes, he's the nominally the starter, probably, but it's also like a dreaded three or potentially more uh, headed running back by committee because you got you got uh, Rashad Penny in the mix. They're still using Travis Homer. They're still using DJ Dallas. If Carson's come back, if Carson comes back, they're still using Carson. It's just like one of those situations where you're starting him, you're hoping to get like seven points, right? Um, no, I no, I, I disagree with that. Okay, we'll see how it goes. But I'm just saying this is going to be like a three-way at least rotation in the Seattle backfield. with the Seahawks nihilism. Craig, who is your pick? Because there's one other guy that I was between, and I'm curious if it's... If it's For this coming week, week 10, I picked Devontae Freeman first. That is the other person I was They're between. playing Miami. He had over half the snaps played on the ground for Baltimore. It was just him and Le'Veon. He had... Uh, 70 yards rushing, 80 yards rushing last week. And he's actually been not terrible this year. He's averaging five over five and a half yards a carry. And again, they're playing Miami, who's terrible. And for week 10, a team like Baltimore, who should be up, who should be more than a touchdown favorite in this game, I think I want the team that just is going to run times. I will see, you made a good argument for Eno, DK, and I, I did have him on my list. He's just a bit lower down. And I think Alex Collins is a good longer-term one, too, because I don't know how long Devontae Freeman's going to last. Latavius Murray's out. I don't know how long that's mm -hmm. going to last. But for this week alone, it's Devontae. But Alex Collins is probably the better pick for, like, the next two, three weeks. Uh, but for this week, I like Devontae. I actually don't think any of us disagree. We're just prioritizing different yeah. things. And I agree. I think, I think that's true. I think I certainly agree with Craig that if you need someone for this week, Devontae Freeman's the guy. My question, though, is if Devontae Freeman... Is he just like a fringe top 15 running back the rest of the season because he's earned the job? My question is, what happens? I have no idea. What happens to the Ravens backfield when Latavius Murray is healthier? Because right now, if it's just going to be this old, decrepit old, I mean, Levon, they're not that old, but Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell, they're old in running back years, are going to split this workload. Devontae Freeman's like worth starting. Like he's worth a flex every week. But once Latavius Murray comes back, I don't know if anyone's going to individually be worth playing, but here's the thing. Latavius Murray was so far from being able to play on Sunday. I think that it's probably unlikely he plays on Thursday, which is why Devontae Freeman's probably, I, I agree with Craig, Devontae Freeman's the best pickup for this week. My concern is what happens forward. The title of this episode every week is must-ads for week 10. 
Keep that in mind. It's not must yeah. ads for the rest of the season. It's for week 10. I get that, but also let's be must real here. Like, if you don't need to plug that we're in, like you yeah, can, but if you, you don't need to guy. plug and play someone, sometimes <laughs> you can have a great waiver ad, like not right. It's it, it, you can't just pick for this week. But I feel like that is generally why people search for players in the waiver wires. Like I need somebody this week. That is generally. It's also a balance. Like if you have like if you have a player that you're like this guy sucks, I'm going to cut him, and like you have someone who I think oh two weeks from now might be like a yeah, really sure. good running back. Like you try to p- add that player. It's not always like a plug. We're adding those gray areas. I think you're right, Craig. Like, generally speaking, we should be explicit. Like, I think, yeah, we could all agree. But I think we're doing that right now. It's the top of the list for this week. If you look, if you're looking for a one week filler. I think Alex Collins is the Mm -hmm. middle ground of Alex Collins might be straight up better than Devontae Freeman this week. Even if it's slightly less likely, he could be straight up better than Devontae Freeman, but probably has a better outlook over the next month. Yeah. And then Eno Benjamin probably I wouldn't play this week. He's more of a stash. He he I wouldn't play him this week. I wouldn't play him this week unless we hear Cliff Kingsbury say, Eno Benjamin's gonna get 15 touches. You know what I mean? Like something like that. But here's my question. I would take Devontae Freeman first over all these guys if I knew he was gonna be the starter of the rest of the season. I think Devontae Freeman's absurdly valuable. I just don't know what happens when the when Latavius and, Murray comes back. Yeah, we have but no if idea. he's so much better that he keeps the job. He's, I mean, and that maybe that alone is is maybe an argument against what I was saying with Alex Here, Collins, or maybe Devon, the the fact that he even could keep the job, and he's competing with two other older guys who are going to get banged up. I mean, yeah. I also, so there's actually another guy in this in this category. I think that is probably worth adding. It's Jordan yes. Howard from mm-hmm. the Eagles, who was sort of the de facto lead back in this offense last week. Obviously, the Eagles have played two of the worst run defending teams two weeks in a row, so they ran the hell out of the ball. Jordan Howard had 17 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown this week against the Chargers. The Chargers, as we've said several times on this podcast, ask you, they beg you to run it. And so, so 17 carries for Jordan Howard. Though. The Eagles obliged. And like maybe he just is the style of running back they want. Like uh Boston Scott's tiny. Uh Kenny Gainwell, tiny. Like maybe they just want a guy who's gonna go bang yeah. inside in between the tackles and like pick True. up hard yards. So like that's why they brought him up. That's why they're utilizing him. And he's getting the goal line looks, or at least he's getting some of the goal line looks. It's actually a kind of a nightmare in Philly right now because all three of the guys have been getting goal line looks. So that's not helpful for us as fantasy people. But um, I think I would put Jordan Howard, Freeman, and um, Alex Collins kind of all in the same boat because there's such an uncertain usage. It's a three-headed monster for all three of those guys. When Miles Sanders comes back, I think Jordan Howard's going to be useless. Um, well, but on that note, though, Miles Sanders is probably going to be back the week after next, right? There's one more week where we one definitely more know Miles Sanders yeah. won't play. And then he's probably back in week 11. We don't know for sure. Yeah. So ultimately, you know, I think I would agree with your... I, I agree with this order because I like the Ravens offense, I like the run offense, um, Freeman. And then I would probably put Collins second, Jordan Howard third. And then if we're talking about stash players, you don't need someone to start this week. Eno Benjamin's my first pick. My second pick would be Ramondre even Stevenson. Even over Devontae Freeman, though, or Collins? Like, even if you were going to stash someone on your bench, you would still I'm kind stash of like, Eno I'm Benjamin separating over. them out. I'm separating them out. I don't, I'm not stashing Freeman. I don't think You're that makes sense. You're not stashing Freeman, even though he is like a starting running back now, and we're being like, well, maybe Eno can be a starter later. Like, if Devontae Freeman's a st- isn't it easier to hold on to a job than get one later? No, well, I think the problem is when you when you have Freeman, he's I don't there's what's the reason that you think that he's gonna like all of a sudden just grab hold of this three headed monster they've been running all year long? Because Latavius Murray's hurt. Well, I'm talking about when Murray gets back. Like, why do you think they would just like stop using Murray? I mean, because I think that doesn't he have like what, what, what's Murray's injury? I, I don't ankle, right? Let me. It's it. 
Let me. I think. He, but also, Freeman's been good. I think that's what it is. If he's earned his job enough, he's like I said, over five and a half yards of carry. He's got a really good PFF rushing grade. Like he's been good. He's been kind of nimble. He yeah. looks. He looks a little youthful this year. Maybe they stick with him, and he kind of has sixty percent of the carries, which is pretty valuable. Yeah, it's an ankle injury for Latavius. I guess I'm not convinced that a, a not healthy Latavius is necessarily going to like wrest the job from Freeman's control. Also, it's like between Latavius and Bell, like I think they're just as likely to get one of them's just as likely to get re-injured as Connor is. I kind of just look at it like it's not really none of them have a job. It's like they just rotate these guys willy-nilly for whatever reason. Um, I don't know. I think I made myself clear. Like I agree with you guys. I'm just saying Eno is an interesting stash to me. And it's it's a situational thing. If you need a starter this week, go with what we're saying here. Go with Freeman. Go with Alex Collins. Um, and if you want a high upside stash, I like you know Benjamin. I like Ramondre Stevenson, the Patriots, who came in and played really well. He had 62 yards on 10 rushes. He contributed in the passing game. He looked really good. I know that this is becoming a bit of a broken record because he's sort of up and down. He's been in the doghouse, in and out of the doghouse for the Patriots. He fumbled early in the season. He's been on the inactive list here and there. I don't know what to make of the Patriots' backfield, but Damian Harris went out with a concussion. I know Ramondre Stevenson went out of this game with a concussion. Yeah, that's why I was going to toss out Brandon Bolden just for this week. I was also going to do that, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, Brandon Bolden and or J.J. Taylor. It's like, this, this is a mess. Well, DK's obsessed with J.J. Taylor, but I, I, I humbly disagree with DK because I think DK's evaluation of J.J. Taylor's talent doesn't matter to Bill Belichick if he doesn't think J.J. Taylor <laughs> can like hold onto the ball or block. So like this one's really hard for a waiver claim because we have no idea if Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson will clear concussion protocol and you won't know by the time you put in a waiver claim. Maybe you will, but I, I doubt we'll have much clarity on that. If Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson both miss this week, they're playing the Browns. I think Brandon Bolden would be a really good play. Brandon Bolden would have to play a pretty. He good might amount. just be worth adding. Like if you're if your team's doing all right and you can sacrifice it, just do it. Because in case that Harris and Stevenson are out, Bolden probably becomes a pretty nice, attractive flex play. And this is one of those things we. Well, it's weird because this week there's actually a weird amount of players out there. Um, and again, this conversation might be for naught because I think Alex Collins might be gone in some leagues. But if you're playing, maybe if you're just playing the guy who has Damian Harris and you can snatch Brandon Bolton if you have an extra spot. And again, that's one's harder because we don't know if, you know, Damian Harris plays, it kind of is for naught. There's one other guy I want to throw. That's kind of the theme of this week, though. There's actually a lot of running back options mm-hmm. for this week. It's Mark Ingram from mm, the Saints, yeah, man. Yeah. He and this another is another one, one where, like, I, he has this role and, like, he is rotating with Alvin Kamara in. Like, he, and this is like, he has the job. It's going to be Kamara and Ingram. Mark Ingram had 14 carries this week. They're resting Kamara for the playoffs and or he had nine carries, but five catches. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. He had 14 yeah. touches. Excuse me. Um, but five catches yeah. for Mark Ingram. So here's the deal. Kamara was getting five out of every six snaps for the saints. And they realized that was way too much. And that was just not going to work. And so they traded for Ingram and now Kamara has gone back. He gets two thirds of the snaps and Mark Ingram gets one third of this offense. The last time they did this, this happened before. This was 2018 when it was Mark Ingram and Kamara in 2018. Ironically, the same set of weeks we're going to go through, basically, when they settled into it, was weeks 10 to 15 in 2018. And at that point, if you just look at weeks 10 to 15 of 2018, which is what I think the Saints are going back to, that's when they realized Drew Brees didn't have the arm strength and they had to be a running team. For that week 10 to 15 stretch in 2018, Kamara was the RB9 and Mark Ingram was the Mm. RB14. Now, the offense, the Saints offense, offense isn't as good as it was then. <laughs> Drew Brees yeah. is still a game manager. But still, my point being, this is like a real role that Mark Ingram has, and they're comfortable using him in the goal line. He knows the system. Like, 
this he is right there along with me like for, it, not necessarily in the Alex Collins range but like I wouldn't be shocked if Mark Ingram can be like the boring forgettable RB2 who can just grind out 11 points for you each week especially even if PPR he can catch they trust him um not a guy I expected to plug late November and December but like I think he just will have this role as long as he stays healthy the rest of the year do you guys want to make a official podcast order of these then I kind of do, yeah. To give people I, I, the I think, advice. Okay. I think Devontae Freeman, I think maybe Craig's convinced me that Devontae Freeman should be number one. And I this is where okay. I disagree with DK. I think Devontae Freeman is a now and a later. And that's my tier one, is the guys who can help you now for this week, but also like have a pretty inside track for value as the season goes. Now on. and later, great candy. You ever had one of those? <laughs> I've never even heard of that. It's like, what kind of candy? And now and that? later, you suck on them. Yeah, they're what? good. I'm good. Now and later, you've never heard of that. What is it? No, what is it now? It and is later? a like a the hard candy that you candy. suck on, and they like are. Is that like Devonte Freeman? They're like sour and first, and then like, like hard candies, sweeter later, and you kind of chew them when you're done with them. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at now. He's what giving you like Werther's originals. I, that, I've never Give him a shot. I don't know where to go from there. Nothing. Jump. That's Devonte anyway. Freeman. He's now and later. Yeah, it's tier one now and later. Okay, but I think Devonte Freeman because he's the best option for this week, but also. Well, it's kind of tough this week because he's a Thursday game. And if you have a running back who's questionable on Sunday, it's hard. But he also has the job right now. And I'd rather kind of take a shot on a guy who has the job holding on to it than a guy getting it later. Mm -hmm. Two, I think it's Alex Collins because, again, if he's healthy with the hip and if he doesn't get, if Rashad Penny doesn't take too much of this job, I kind of don't know if Chris Carson's playing again. Yeah, it's kind of surprising that Collins is still out there. Yeah. So look, I'll take the goal line back for the Seattle Seahawks when Russell Wilson returns. I think he's out there because people had to drop him for the bipocalypse. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. And then he was on buy, and I don't think people added him back. Like it's it's a weird amount of leagues where he's available. Uh, are you guys going Mark Ingram or Jordan Howard first here? So this is where I'm getting to. If we're talking about help now and later, Jordan Howard is probably a better play for the for you this week. But I have no idea what his role is later. When yeah. Miles Sanders I kind of think I'd just rather even maybe have Mark Ingram now. I really think that Philly is going to move away from this this week at Denver. I just think that it was a very situational Chargers-Lions yeah. thing that they did. I mean, they ran the ball like they literally played the worst 40 rushing attempts between their running backs, like each of the last two games. I don't see that happening again. And Boston Scott is the lead guy, and Gainwell is the passing down guy. I kind of think Mark Ingram's role will be more secure in kind of a neutral game script than, than Jordan Howard's. I feel the same way, Craig. So that's why I actually would do... So basically we're saying, Devonta, for me at least, Devonta Freeman's 1A. I think Collins is 1B. Mark Ingram to me is is crazily, I think, 2. Uh, and then Jordan Howard's 3. I have Eno Benjamin And then four. I would say if somehow mm -hmm. Harrison Stevenson are out, Brandon Bolden, I think, slots into maybe 1C for this week. For this week, yeah. I probably... Yeah, because he'd be better than Mark Ingram for this week. But again, Brandon Bolden, the second Ramondre Damien came back, he would be like game dependent and you wouldn't know what to do with him. Huge surprise. The Patriots backfield is a nightmare. Well, that's kind of why it's like you only got to dip into it. Like Brandon Bolden's what you do, what you go in and get. If those guys are rolled out and you missed out on this wave or, or something happened and you have a questionable guy on Sunday and you want to play Devonta Freeman because he's Thursday, something like that. Can I give you one other guy in a deeper league? If like a, if you don't get these or a lot of these guys are taken, I'm sure there's a lot of leagues where Mark, where Devontae Freeman and Collins are not available. Sony. Howard's taken. Fine. Say, oh, say Rashad Penny. Well, okay. In order. Rashad Penny, sure. Fine. In case you want to please. We also haven't mentioned that. Have long. we said that Russell Wilson is likely going to play this week? <laughs> oh, yeah. I By think the I've way. Said it three Did times you? I, I feel like we haven't talked about it. 
Russell Wilson's coming. Yeah, he was activated off IR. We'll see if he actually. It says does he's play, expected to play. Just one of the doctors said he can he's play. He's just a healer. Yeah, that doctor. That uh, I. I don't know if I want to. Oh, I'm thinking the Seahawks have been tweeting it out like it's happening. The, he's back. Why? All right, I'm just gonna. You know what? Fuck it. Let's just do it. I'm pulling up. Sorry if I cursed and you're listening with your children. I apologize. I'm googling Russell Wilson doctor note. I got to read this to you guys and then I have a thought on Russell Wilson's doctor note. <laughs> Russ has missed five weeks. It'll be five weeks from the day he got hurt to the day he starts. Here's the letter. Yeah, but he's going to only miss three games. Yeah, but it's five weeks, technically, like time missed. Right. This is a statement from uh, Dr. Shin. He explains the injury Russ had. Although this was uncharted territory, I've never in my career seen such a severe injury to the throwing hand of an NFL quarterback. I've also never encountered a player so committed to his post-operative therapy and with so much conviction to return to the same, if not better, level of performance as he had pre-injury. I am absolutely amazed at his progress, so much so that I can now confidently clear him for a full return to play without reservation. Doesn't that look like Donald Trump's doctor? I was going to say, did Russell Wilson quickly <laughs> go get his medical degree and write that review himself? Uh. He's like, like, who wrote this statement? I have ne like a, a, a player so committed to post-operative therapy and so much conviction to return to the same, if not better, level of performance. Now, on one hand, it's probably true. Like, yeah, because sure, he's a maniac. Like, Russell talks to players who yeah. aren't there. <laughs> but also reading that, I was like, I feel like this was when they, the doctor cleared Donald Trump as the healthiest president of all time. I'm like, have you evaluated the other 44? Russ offered Dr. Shin like a free flight on his private jet or something like that. And he's like, how about you ham, yeah, I, ham I, up I this know. note but a little bit? At the same time, anyway. I'm Googling yeah, this like, guy. <laughs> so the, I got to throw, all right, wait. So Rashad Penny, if you're in a deeper league in case Alex Collins, A, gets hurt or just Rashad Penny wins the job. He's a first rounder. Two, uh, you said Sony Michelle DK. So Daryl Henderson, an ankle injury. He came back in the game, but he, we don't know anything about this ankle injury, right? Well, so I think the deal with Sony is it's a similar thing. It's like a stash for later in, in case uh, Daryl Henderson gets hurt. Also, by the way, he's been utilized a little bit more lately, regardless of the injury situation. They've been utilizing him a little bit more. So um, maybe this is a switch towards the end, of, at, like in the second half of the season to kind of keep Henderson fresh. We'll see, but... Uh, I would say he's nothing more than a stash at this point. He's not a starter type guy yep. yet. Okay. Um, On that note, we, we're giving like a lot of guys to add. I think you can cut Devontae Booker because the Giants run by this week. First of all, mm -hmm. Devontae Booker had his own little hip injury. Giants run by. By the time they come back from the bye, Saquon's going to be good to go. And Booker will be yep. useless. So if you need a cuts, if you need to make a stash, you can cut him. Can I throw out one other guy if you're in a deeper league? Because I think some of these guys are probably taken. It's actually Deontay Foreman for the Titans. Yeah. Agent, so Jeremy McNichols. I actually thought would get more work. Yeah, can I just say, you two destroyed me for the Carlos Hyde McNichols thing, and Carlos Hyde won that battle this week. Yeah, you were right. So McNichols just is not going to get more than, he's got the two-minute drill work, and he's basically got the third and long work. I'm not convinced he's going to expand any Foreman of Foreman, before tearing Adrian Achilles, was actually, I thought, looked kind of good. I agree. So Adrian Peterson, I think, did not look sharp. <laughs> probably because he's like 36 and just was not on this team six days ago. He's probably still going to win the job and like be better. If Adrian Peterson is just washed up though, I actually think Deontay Foreman would be, would be competent. And yeah. He's worth a stash. He's worth yeah. a stash. Adrian Peterson through conviction and hard work, much like Russell Wilson will probably earn the starting job just because that's what Adrian Peterson does. Coaches love that guy. I, that's the thing. I still think it's Peterson. Okay. So with all that said, there's a lot of, but the point being, there's actually a lot of running back options and these yeah. are really important. I think we spent so much time on this because like, this is really important as you get down the stretch run. 
as you try to go to the playoffs to like get this boring ass running back who might get you 16 points in the playoffs. Yeah, like definitely. Matters. And then you get to the receivers and it's like kind of the same guys we've been mentioning for the last five weeks, just recycled. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's unbelievable. Okay. Are we doing trivia right now? We don't do trivia at the end, actually. We, we no, we had none. We didn't today. agree on any of those. So. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. So the receivers, I, we might have to retire one of these guys. Do you guys have Rashad Bateman here? I have him number one, yeah. Yeah. I have him number one for the Ravens. DK, do you have Rashad Bateman? Yes. Okay, so we don't have to linger. He had his most targets this season. He had the most snap rate this He's season. He's getting better. His role is he looks awesome. steadily increasing. He looks he good. He looks good. We all, we all agree. We don't have to spend too much time there. I'm Ravens curious are throwing. If you got, or should we just do showdown time then and talk about other yeah. guys? Sure. All right, let's do Rashad Bateman show him time. Should, we might have to. Actually, no, we're not going to retire him. I think that after this week, he actually will just be rostered enough to be Hopefully. out of this. Hopefully. Should exercise. hope so. Yeah. All right. So, it's from John. An actual honest-to-God football question. Hold on. He didn't do the, he oh, didn't yeah, do the thing. It is the Rashad Bateman showdown time. DK's got the hands up. <laughs> it's from John. An actual football question for once. John. John. Oh, boy. John. As of 2021, how many quarterbacks are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know anything about the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Good question. This one, I feel like I, I, I feel some pressure to actually be close here. Uh, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I find Hall of Fame arguments and things like that. Like it's, I think it's very cool when players go into the Hall of Fame. I find arguments over who should be in the Hall of Fame incredibly tedious and I kind pointless. of agree. <laughs> While you guys do this, I'm going to get it right. Hyvitz, you, you can't know, just, just sit and do math on your little pad. I'm not doing math. I'm thinking of all the quarterbacks that are in the Hall of Fame. That's oh, completely God. different. You're trying to add them up? Wow. I was just going to throw out a number because I'm lazy. It's supposed to be um, good your gut. I'm thinking. Of, it's a trivia question. I mean, so the you NFL, the, like, does the, does the Pro Football Hall of Fame go back to, like, the 50s and shit? Or, like, the, even earlier than that where there's, like, yes. they were playing, you know, in the 1800s yes. and stuff? Like, Not the okay. 1800s, but the... <laughs> who's, the like, who's the oldest quarterback in the Hall of Fame? It might be Fritz Pollard. I don't even know who that is. No, it's not. I it's have probably, no idea. I don't, I don't know, actually. Well, it's Sid Luckman, All right. probably. I, I got a number, I guess. Okay, what is it? Hi, but you ready? We're taking too long here. I'm thinking. Time's up. I'm going to go with 20, 20. I'm going to go with 20. Okay, my initial thought was 18. Oh, I was going to go higher. I'm probably way too high. I, I, my, my first thought was 55. Whoa. All right. Too many. The answer is... I'm sure it's too many. Also, this guy put... John put the answers to the questions in white text so I can highlight them in the email. Nice. That was unbelievable. Any hyperlink what a to touch. source... 
I need the source in the emails. If you put the answer in white text, that is unbelievable. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Is there a way for them to email you and then you print it out and you put it in a toaster? And then when the ink heats up in the toaster, it shows up on the paper. Is there a way that we could make that work? Are you Nicolas Cage in National Treasure right now? <laughs> it's like disappearing ink. So the internet says it's 27 and Heifetz is it's very 20, close. I got 29. He says 29 in this email. Well, the 27, but I think Peyton Manning just went in for 2021. All right. So either way, Heifetz wins and I get second. Okay. So there we That's go. That's pretty surprising. It, it, I, I don't know because I was just thinking like there's probably a bunch of guys from the early, early days of football that I've never heard of that gotten in, but I guess not. I think, I mean, this is really pathetic, but the simplest way to do this was it's every team gets one minus the expansion teams, and that'll roughly cover you. <laughs> that's, like, that's, that's like the real answer. <laughs> uh, Sammy Baugh. He believes in the Hall of Fame. Played in the 30s, 40s. There you there go. You go. Sammy Baugh. Never heard of Sling of Sammy Baugh? I have heard of him, but I, I guess I didn't realize he played in I fucking think he's 1937. Still I believe he still has the net lead in like all-time punt yardage. From uh, Roger Sherman told me that one. <laughs> Roger's all in on punters right now because of the SDSU guy. San Diego State punter guy. <laughs> that oh guy's unbelievable. Should we? Uh, we're just getting so off topic. Should we just do the, have this conversation? Did we okay. talk about this guy, the punter who can eight, net 85 yard punts? Yeah, we, we talked about him briefly, but he's he just uh, tied the record, I believe, for most 80 plus yard punts in a college football season. He's got four games left. He has more 80 yard punts in November than NFL punters have in the last 10 years. And I will just say, did you what see the, the video Roger Sherman tweeted? He's at Roger with a D on Twitter. Did you see the video he tweeted where I don't remember who they were playing, but they basically were like they had two returners on the field. It was last week returner, against Hawaii. Yeah. They had one returner 60 yards deep and 180, and he punted over both their heads. Yeah. He's actually, um, <laughs> I'm dead serious. He's SDSU's best offensive threat. Roger's whole point How was that if you How is he kicking could, it so far? How is this happening? Because we don't have... Well, I have no idea. But luckily, SSU can't move the ball on offense, so he's constantly kicking from his own 10. Mm. And he can get it to the other 10. If Ro Roger wrote an article on The Ringer about it, you should it's read it. So so good. But it, it's, a, it's pretty interesting. It's essentially like, if you could guarantee that a kicker, no matter where he was in the field, could pin you inside the 20, where does he go in the draft? <laughs> Roger's point, he uses math, and he's basically like, if you could pin every punt inside the five-yard line, that would be the number one pick in the NFL, and he'd be more valuable than any quarterback because teams from inside the five-yard line score, uh, I think it's like, basically, they'd be the worst team in like in the 21st century in offense. Oh, and it's like so hard every to start. Team, yeah. And so like, that's a theory. But like, what if there's a punter that actually could do that and it could come close? So it's like, where do, is he a first rounder anyway? Seahawks are definitely taking this We're obsessed guy with this. in no, the, the early Patriots. second Patriots round. Well, and he didn't get any college offers. SDSU and only one other school went after him. He was a soccer player in high school and he actually also played cornerback. And that's why he makes tackles too when he punts. Like he flies up the field See, and hits he's, people. So he's like small? How the hell is he kicking it so far? Dude, he like taught it. He played other sports. He's saying track helped him punt. Yeah, I mean, he played soccer more than he did football. I think this, this is representative great. of like how long we talked about running backs and how bored we are by the receiver picks that there's not many great <laughs> ones. We all like Rashad Bateman. I yeah. get Rashad Bateman. DK, no, Craig was second closest. Who, who's your second receiver you want this week? And you can't take the punter. I'm stuck between the perpetually under 40% rostered Tim Patrick and mm. Elijah Moore, who's kind of the sexier pick this week because he like finally had a good week and everyone's like, ooh, maybe it's Elijah Moore season now. Corey Davis, if he comes back, the idea is that he will not take Elijah Moore's role. He will take Keelan Cole's role because he plays on the outside. Elijah Moore is more in the slot. So they're playing Buffalo next week. Mike White potentially might be back. They said he might start over Zach Wilson. Sounds like Who it. knows? That's yeah. a whole thing. But um, 
I think I'm going to, I'm kind of sick of Tim Patrick. Every time I want him to do well, he doesn't. And every time I don't, he does. So I'm going to go with Elijah Moore. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I love Tim Patrick, but I wouldn't chase the performance. He just, he's the best game of the season and I wouldn't chase it now. Back. Every other game he has a touchdown. It's annoying. Also, you're, Okay, I'm surprised. There's one other name you didn't mention, DK. I assume you're taking your beloved Elijah Moore, who you're obsessed with. I'm oh, Craig, taking Elijah Craig Moore. Craig is taking Elijah Moore. Oh, you take Elijah Moore, right? Yeah. My Sorry. my beloved. Track there. Uh, that was who I was gonna pick. I, I, let's see here. There's there's like six other guys. I think I'm wary um, of Elijah Moore, but I yes, suppose I am too. I am too. I think there's always look. We talked about this last week. Second half of rookie seasons are so much better than the first half. Like typically it takes rookies a while to kind of get up to speed. Uh, there's a real thing where it's like a post buy bump type thing for rookies, especially at receiver. So I think there's a chance that he just ends up being a lot better in the second half than he was in the first half. Still, you know, he's not running quite as many routes as you'd like to see. There's still sort of uncertainty in this offense and in the rotation of pass catchers. And the rotation of passers. If Zach yeah. Wilson comes back, like well, this team might suck again. I mean, honestly. it's still the Jets. Like, it's still worrisome in that sense. Uh, that's why I put Bateman above that, because, number one, the Ravens have a very good offense, and and Lamar Jackson is passing really well right now. And then the Jets, it's just like, who knows what you're going to get from that. Um, all that being said, I do think it's worth adding him at this point to kind of see how it all shakes out. Um, okay, but if I get Bateman and he gets Elijah Moore, I don't who, know. Who I guess third? Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick is one of those guys, it's like, we're sick of it. We've already suggested this guy many, many times. It's like, the Bernie voice. I am once again asking you to add. No, no, Tim I'm going to be the Bernie voice. I'm going to be once again asking you. Craig's going to spike the football and like, oh, you were wrong about McNichols. I'm like, you guys were so shitting on me for Russell Gage last week. I was actually thinking about this for like 65 yards. He's like the number one receiver for the Falcons now. Or I guess if you want to say Pitts is number one, Russell Gage is number two. I mean, oh, oh, oh I, I cannot. I'm sorry. Olamide. Olamide Zacchaeus had the crazy game for the Falcons. He was like the number five or six receiver in fantasy this week. He had like, but he had three targets, two catches, two touchdowns for like 50 something yards, 60 something yards. That is probably not going to happen again. He just, it was just like a big play. It happens. It's like they draw something up. It works. It happened twice. But Russell Gage is getting the volume here. Russell Gage played not quite, but almost twice as many snaps as all Alameda Zacchaeus. Like Russell Gage is the guy to have as long as Calvin Ridley out. And they put him on, I believe, on the non-football injury list. So Calvin Ridley's out at least He's two out more at least weeks. three weeks, yeah. And that assumes, you know, we have no idea how long Calvin Ridley will be out, but it's a minimum of two more weeks. I think Russell Gage is an actual honest to God job here. We're not chasing like some theoretical thing. Like Russell Gage is just happens to be a somewhat boring player for a boring team, but he has a starting job. He's like a number one receiver. So you'd rather play him than Tim Patrick, is what you're saying? Yeah. Tim Patrick is still the third receiver on the Denver Broncos. Russell Gage is like legit the second option I mean, after Calpitz. He's nominally the third receiver. He's been acting like basically their first or second receiver all year. Um, I mean, that's fine. I don't have a strong opinion on it. And Tim Patrick has been a little up and down. I mean, it's worth saying Russell Gage had zero targets last week. Well, um, Patrick, there was part well, he, of the uh, reason he had is, zero. I, I I think the zero was because the Falcons game plan was screwed up with Calvin Ridley not playing. I kind of think that was a surprise to them. Right. I think that's Two, fair. I think Tim Patrick, and the reason I'll actually strongly say I don't like Tim Patrick if you have to play him this week, is Darius Slay, the, the Broncos playing the Eagles this week. Darius Slay doesn't go inside. Or Didn't he get usually hurt? usually doesn't. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but is he not playing this week? I don't know. I don't he, know but he, got, he got hurt in this last game, so that might Either be way, irrelevant. my point being, Jerry Judy in the slot is just better suited to beat the Eagles. The Eagles, uh, if Darius Slay is out, that changes everything. But generally speaking, the, the Eagles have been like strong on the outside, but just you know, like soft like Pillsbury Doughboy in the middle. Also, I will say that Marshawn Lattimore did pretty much shadow Kyle Pitts in the last game. 
So that I think plays into Russell yeah, Gage. The Saints have a good defense. My point being, I just think Russell Gage needs some respect. We're out here saying Rashad Bateman for the first week for the, again and again, but like no, he's right. out. Like you're he's, right. Russell Gage has taken his job, and we have like no one has any interest in this guy. Would have been a, would have been a better opportunity to dunk on Craig if uh, immediately after Craig recommended that we all add Devontae Parker. That Parker went on the IR with mm, a hamstring. You missed an unbelievable streak of Craig getting players hurt. <laughs> It's really reckless. <laughs> Who do we want it, next? Pick Who are you going to take out next, Craig? Come on. Well, we should just add Le'Veon Bell because now that he Craig has, has you know, plugged Devontae Freeman, obviously Devontae Freeman's going to get hurt. I need to start like a My Name is Earl style show where I just go to all the NFL players' house and apologize to them for wronging them and tearing their Achilles tendons. Uh, I'm going to go with Gage just because I like Matt Ryan better than uh, Teddy Bridgewater. How about yeah. that? Yeah. And go. Gage is a good salt. Gage is a good solid recommendation you're right i think i still think bateman is number one but i think gage can be right in the number two spot yeah uh a couple of other guys i think are worth mentioning jameson crowder for the jets is still out there targets in his last five games seven nine six six nine points in ppr 8.8 16 7 8 19 he's been like low ceiling sure and that's kind of like his deal but he's always kind of getting a lot of targets in the offense um i think He's probably going to retain that role in the slot. So he's like a floor guy that you could have just like if you need to plug someone into flex. Donovan Peoples-Jones for the Browns. Wait, uh, real quick before we get past Crowder, because I'm we're plugging two Jets receivers here. Who would you, you're picking more over Jameson Crowder though? Yeah, I would. Just because okay. of the potential for the upside down the stretch. Just I mean, to clarify. Um, and then a couple other guys. Donovan Peoples-Jones for the Browns. He ostensibly takes over for... Uh, Odell Beckham, who Odell. has now been released. Um, and he did wow. have a big touchdown play. I don't remember what it was. It was like 50, 60 yard touchdown. He doesn't get a lot of targets. He's very unreliable in that area. But he feels like a, guy, a Marquez Valdez Scantling type. Yeah, I think that's a good comp. This is a guy that got a ton of hype in the preseason. It just hasn't really shown up on the field. Uh, he'll have an opportunity now to do more. So he, but he is more of a desperation type play. He's much, he's much, he's a much better athlete than MVS though. I feel like I mean MVS is like a four three guy. I I don't know like what kind of athlete you're like you mean like dynamic. Peoples Jones is like super athlete. He jumped like forty four inches and stuff like that. But yeah, I think so. um, yeah, and he's bigger. But like I think stylistically, it's it's a pretty good comp. Okay. Uh, Deontay Harris for the Saints has shown chemistry with Trevor Simeon, and assuming Trevor Simeon remains the starter, which I think is up in the air, but we'll see. Um. That could be an option for you. He had eight targets, six catches, and 52 yards in this last game. He's he's fast. He's just like really fast, small guy that can do some things in this offense. They, they're going to need to like get this passing game kick-started at some point here. Um, so he's another one. But these are all like sort of like very low-level, second-level guys if you're desperate for a flex option. And later on, dart throw, if you're in a, late, a bigger league. Deshaun Jackson is going to sign with the Raiders. He's going to replace Henry Ruggs as their, as their deep threat. It's just a total dart throw. It's like mm-hmm. if you can have chemistry with Kari's relevant. If not, he's what Deshaun Jackson's been for two years, which is an idea. Um, <laughs> and the other one is Van Jefferson, who's taking Deshaun Jackson's role for the Rams. And again, it's just another. I kind of like this rocked. one. I kind of like Van but Jefferson. I feel like maybe we should good. put him a little higher. He's good, man. Van Jefferson's like a really good option if if, if you're in a deeper. The league Rams ran every single one of their offensive plays. I think in eleven personnel this week. Uh, yeah. Van Jefferson got just as many snaps and plays and routes, I should say, as Robert Woods and. Cooper Cup. Obviously, Cooper Cup and Woods are going to get more 
you know, volume. But and I, on that note, don't give up on Tyler Higby yet either. If you watch that game, there were so many chance Tyler Higby legitimately could have had like one or two touchdowns, like seventy more yards. There were just a bunch of random things that went wrong on the plays where he was getting the ball. But I think the Tyler Higby blow up game is coming. I think I would put Van Jefferson right after Gage, maybe even before Gage. Jefferson is like a better mix of like he's a he has the big seventy yard touchdown potential that Peoples Jones does, but he's playing more. And I don't yeah, know I think we all really want Van to work. I love Van. Like I want it to work out. Yeah, it's the idea of him. I'm upset. You know, we we can fix him. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Uh, tight end? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're doing this on Monday. It's before Monday Night Football. So maybe this is um, it's Steelers Bears. But do we all have, do we all have Patty Frymouth? He's forty percent rostered, so I don't. Does he count or not? Well, he's playing Monday night, so we can take him out. We all like it, we would take Pat Fryermuth probably over the whole list, right? We can just put him aside. Yep. We like Pat Fryermuth rest of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So other than Pat Fryermuth, DK is your number one tight end. I'm going with Dan Arnold for the Jaguars. Twenty seven percent rostered in Yahoo. He's turned into basically the Jags' number one receiver, which is <laughs> classic Jags, classic Urban Meyer move. Um. Targets in the last four games, 7, 10, 5, and 8. He scored double-digit points in three of the last four weeks. Uh, his target rates and routes are all very strong. He's basically a receiver. He's, I mean, if you see him, he's he's yeah. an undersized tight end with like good athleticism. He's like 230-something pounds. So they're moving him all, all around the formation, using him as a receiver. I think he's actually kind of underratedly good at football. Um, so <laughs> Thanks. I don't know. I think he's good. Like he's honestly potential to be like a tight end one this year, the rest of the way. So not the tight end one, a top twelve tight end. So yeah, I definitely would add him if he's still out there for you guys. He's also my number one. The only note I'll add is that Trevor Lawrence has a sprained ankle. Although I st- think he still will play this week, but it's just worth noting. But still, I agree. Dan Arnold yeah. is also my number yeah. one tight end. Same for you, Craig. No, I went with Tyler Conklin. Who yeah, was he was my number two. Yeah, he's got back-to-back weeks of seven targets. I just like his... I mean, I just like the offense more. They're playing the Chargers this week who funnel passes to tight ends. The Trevor Lawrence ankle injury with the Jags offense. I just like the upside a little bit more of Tyler Conklin, who's actually been pretty consistent. I I, I would have taken him second. I, but it's the same argument, really, is that the... Pat is that, and the same for Fryermuth too. It's that Fryermuth, Dan Arnold, Tyler Conklin have separated themselves from the rest of the tight end morose wasteland, <laughs> the buffering, in that they actually are pieces of their offense that are somewhat consistent in how much they're getting. And yep. so that's what you want. So Fryermuth, I would like to legit start Arnold Dan Conklin. Arnold in any league at this point. Yeah, he's good. Like he, you can yeah. do it. You can hold on to him. Okay. So that DK and I are gonna, we're gonna fight over Dan Arnold. Wow. All right. What a time to be alive. It is the. Dan Arnold showdown time. Woo. Right, Craig, okay, you can pick the trivia question. You bet.
<laughs> okay, I'm scrolling through the No here. more football questions. Fine, 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 fine. <laughs> How many, this is from Sam. How many dimples does the very popular Titleist Pro V1 golf ball have? Oh, for crying out loud. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I, a number just popped into my head that I feel like I read in a book 14 years ago about how many dimples are in a golf ball. And I'm just okay. going to say it. So wait, hold on to that though. So that doesn't influence DK's answer until DK has one. Um, I feel like I know the number. <laughs> For golf ball. That would be really well re retained information if you if you read a book 14 years ago. And remember. You know that feeling though when you like random thing and you're like, uh, like a number just shoots to the front of your head. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to think about this anymore. All right. I think I got a number. My number is 136. Okay. I was just going to say 200. 388. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the number came from. Oh, well. All right. Man, so it's so uh, embarrassing to like do that in front of so many people. <laughs> So many people. <laughs> uh, well, more than anyone, more than myself is more than I wish I had um, experienced. Once again, Hypet's the last few weeks. He's had a tough trivia showdown time the last like two, three weeks. Do you remember the beginning of the season when my prop bets, I started like I, I had missed one. I was like 11 for 12. Regression, the, uh, my baby. trivia is the opposite. I'm like <laughs> one for my last 15 in trivia. Except I did. Wait, I won one earlier this round. What am I talking about? I won the quarterback one. I know, but I feel like you've been very confident and been very off in the last two, three weeks about a lot of answers. <laughs> You're yeah. the most confident about every answer you give, which is a good quality to have. But um, yeah. So anyway, Heifetz, you have the regrettable uh, opportunity here to pick a third tight end after Tyler Conklin and Dan Arnold. Oh, and Pat Fry's off. I, oh. I mean, one of the answers here is Evan Ingram, but the Giants are on bye. And honestly, when the Giants come back from their bye, they're going to have a lot of these pass catchers back. So I don't even know if Evan Ingram's really it. Mike. No, God. you got to pick a guy playing in week it's, 10. Let me, let me, um, my point being like, even if you don't need someone for this week, it's like, he's not even a good option when those guys come back. All right, let's see here. Oh my God. This is really gross. Adam Troutman um, is a guy, I guess. No, I love, you know, I love Troutman, but like, um, I would first Trout, of all, check, my, Logan, check if Logan Thomas is available. I'm not going to pick him because we're cheating, but he is only available. He's yeah, available yeah, in more than half one. of ESPN leagues. He's coming on fire off IR this week. If someone dropped Logan Thomas, check. But if not, my uh, my extremely unscientific analysis of Adam Troutman is that every time I look up, he's dropping a pass. <laughs> he he can't catch. That's clear. Like he, <laughs> if he could catch, he'd be like. I don't I mean, know. I mean, he can so catch, good. but he just has Literally, done a bad job catch. of doing it. Yeah. It's rare. Um, man, I guess if you need a tight end this week, I mean, even the bad ones, Engram and CG Uzoma are on by. Uh, I, I guess you have to go with like Mo Alley Cox because <laughs> the they're large human the Jaguars being. and he's just like this giant person who catches touchdowns sometimes. I guess that's who I'd go with. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah that's rough I guess I'd go with Mo Ali Cox who has had one catch in his last two games combined yeah but or, or he, honestly no no yeah that's it Damn. nice maybe Gerald Everett DK yeah I mean Everett is one of those I think actually Mo Ali Cox and Gerald Everett are in the exact same category of players you're like these guys are awesome why don't they give them the ball more but they just do not they refuse to give these guys the ball and so it's pretty useless it's like to us in fantasy. And Joku and um, yeah, Gerald. No, Ali Cox one. and Joku Everett. Like every time Everett gets the ball, I'm like, oh my god! I know he really does look good. Yeah. <laughs> but then they, he gets like two targets a game. I'd even say Albert O for the Broncos, but like, yeah, man, he's he another got one hurt this week. 
I guess he went back in the game, but still. All right, yeah, geez, that's embarrassing. All right. QB streamers? Yeah, QB, so again, the only quarterbacks actually on bye this week that you would use is Joe Burrow. Uh, and having said that, there's I think there's four that stand out. There's Carson Wentz against the Jaguars. Carson Wentz has been really good. The Jags just shut down the Bills, Syphus. Does this make you worried? No, the Jaguars shut down the Bills because I visited the Urban Meyer bar and I disturbed the universe. <laughs> like I, like yeah. I, vis- I broke the fourth wall, and so mm. that mm. was that's why that happened. Okay. Try to, Teddy Bridgewater against the Eagles. Yeah, the Which Eagles. I don't want to chase a good Teddy Bridgewater uh, game, but like the Eagles D. The Eagles defense is playing an interesting strategy where they make it extremely easy on a quarterback, on the opposing quarterbacks. Like, if you've seen the quarterback efficiency numbers against the Eagles, dude, are, are, they're completing, like, an absurd amount of the, like, percentage of the passes. pull up. My, Everything Lombardi, is so easy. Wait, Lombardi tweeted something earlier today that, that like, was really good. I got to Wait, I got to find it. It was the Eagles defense this in the last... Oh, I don't remember. I can't. Oh, damn it, I can't find it. Point being, they forced like twenty-eight incompletions over the last like five, five of those last six games. Ooh, like total. It's not good. I mean, they're the idea in theory is not giving up big plays. You know what I mean? Like the the old Pete Carroll thing, like keep everything in front, don't give up the big play. But the problem is, opposing quarterbacks are just like, okay, I'll get an easy first down here. I'll just like pass to this wide open guy underneath. Um, so. I think Bridgewater was my number one against the Eagles. Bridgewater's up there. Matt Ryan against Dallas, I think, is pretty good. Matt Ryan's like playing a lot better. Yeah, that one's nice. And then also Trevor Lawrence at the Jaguars. But mm-hmm. he has a sprained ankle, so I think that really bumps him down quite a bit. Because we don't um, Yeah. Play, obviously. So, so. And I also think, going forward, keep an eye on the, the Saints quarterback situation. Yes. You know, obviously, Taysom Hill was not named the starter, so that kind of ruined our plans and our thoughts that he might turn into like a good fantasy use guy down the stretch. I do think that still could change. So he's an, he's the type of guy to stash on your bench if you have a spot. And you know what? I think that there's a lot of guys, people who don't usually need quarterbacks, but honestly, that's kind of changing. I mean, we're at the point now where like if Taysom Hill does get the job, you're at the point where like you might you might play him over Patrick Mahomes in like week 16. It's like we're, we're approaching, you know what I mean? Like Taysom Hill yeah. is like an actual God. legit option where like in the right game, Taysom Hill has top two, top three quarterback upside that some guys might not have. So a lot, a lot of people need that. Okay, so Taysom Hill is definitely worth a stash if you need a quarterback and you have like one of the lower end quarterbacks. Like if you have Joe Burrow, he's like a really good example. Unfortunately, Taysom Hill's probably not going to play this week. We'll see. But once he gets the job, if he gets the job, Taysom will be really valuable. Defenses. This is a weird week for D. De- this is like a like a new world order week because the one that jumped out at me is the Raiders against the Chiefs, mm. which made me realize like where are we in life? I, obviously, that could blow up. <laughs> so many times you just want like a big defensive play and can't you see the Raiders getting like a pick six or a fumble six against the Chiefs what do you think have you seen the line what do you think the Chiefs are or what do you think the Chiefs Raiders line is uh, I listen to guess the lines so I uh, I know exactly what it is what is it two and a half like the Chiefs are favored yeah by two and a half I, I had to ask so that tells you all that you need to know <laughs> yeah um man Bizarre. This season's bizarre. All they got to do is just put another guy in the back end. It's good. Cover it's crazy. Two. Fixes everything. It's just cover two. Just it's put crazy that Mahomes will never be good again. <laughs> you know, just short circuit the brain. Just oh put the cover God. two. Be like, oh, wow. What's he doing back there? Is that another ref? And then other than Raiders, though, Baltimore has had like negative points on defense the last two weeks, but they're playing the Dolphins. 
And like mm. the Ravens blitz so aggressively and the Dolphins offensive line is so bad that if you're talking about like a big player too, I I'm so hesitant to recommend a defense that's at negative points, but like man, like it's not hard to imagine the Ravens having two different like strip sacks in this game. I like that one. What about, I mean, we have Tennessee playing New Orleans. Tennessee obviously just shut down the Rams. Now they're playing Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill. They're 10% rostered. And the Titans' de- defensive line is Yeah, le- the Titans legit. is a good one because they're, they're, de- they're front four. Mina Kimes pointed this out like three weeks ago, and I've been thinking about it ever since. Like, how many teams actually have a better front four D-line than the Titans? Probably like the like Bucks. Like maybe and- the, the Rams? I don't know. I think you can count them on one hand, but you don't yeah. think of that. Yeah. You don't think of them that way. Jeffrey Simmons is turning into one of the best defensive linemen incredible. in the NFL. Um, Harold Landry's good. Danico Autry. Yeah, they dominated. The other team here, you have Denver at home against against uh, Jalen Hurts. They're 47% rostered. Not bad. There's some options, but it, some of the options make you really like be like, like, like they're all kind of weird. Like, are you going to play the Raiders against the Chiefs? Might be smart. You're going to play yeah. the team that's had negative seven points the last two weeks. Might be smart. I am once again going to probably bet the Chiefs this week, minus two and a half. (laughs) We can talk about this on Friday. All right. I think that is everything. Do we want to do the last trivia one that we didn't do for the running backs? Yes. Okay. Trivia ones for everyone who stuck around. Let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see here. Oh, this one made me laugh. Uh, There's all right. There's one that's random and just kind of like funny. And there's one that, uh, let's do it. It's from Raheel. 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 The Great Pyramid of Giza was constructed in 2500 BC and is currently 455 feet tall. But how tall is the pyramid built by Bass Pro Shops in Memphis, Tennessee? In <laughs> and I said, <laughs> because, I've, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Because oh, I do immediately. If you live on the East Coast and you've driven through Memphis. So, oh my God. So right been at to the, Memphis. Right when you get Bluff to the river, City, is that what they call Memphis? There is. I'm going to drop this picture. And Never slap been to the Great Pyramid of Memphis. If you, in, oh my God, uh, got Tennessee. If you're listening to this right now and you have your phone, Google like Bass Pro Shops Pyramid, Memphis. I'm going to drop this in Slack because you guys can see it because it is the funniest thing in the world to not know you're driving by. If you're going through 95 or whatever on the highway, and not 95, but if you if you're driving through and you see this thing appear, it is like inexplicable. I'm set. You guys got to look at this. I just dropped it on our Was there a pyramid in the ancient city of Memphis? Is that why they did this? I, I think I think that is the reference. Like it's like Memphis is. I forget where. And this thing looks like the Luxor. <laughs> it is Google. <laughs> this pyramid is like the funniest thing in the world, and it's just, it's a Bass Pro Shops. Hold on, I'm googling this Bass Pro Shop. Google Bass Pro Shops pyramid. It is like the funniest thing. So I was very very tickled when Raheel emailed us this thing. Wow. And it's like right near a highway. So everyone drives by and it's hard not to stare and crash into like the Mississippi River. I just Googled it and I accidentally saw the height. Oh. <laughs> well, it's not for show time. It's not the worst thing. <laughs> this is a huge ass. It's huge. Bass. That's why a very it's a large it's... bass pro shop. This is among the top five largest bass pro shops that I've ever seen. <laughs> top five. I'm going to guess that it's like actually like 13 stories tall because it is so big. So what's, how tall is the story? 12 feet? Oh, it's more than that. Yeah, it's much taller than that. It's like 25 stories. You think so? It's funny because it has like the normal like 
Bass Pro Shops look at like <laughs> logo like, on a pyramid. It's got the normal got Bass Pro Shops entranceway. It's got like a like a log cabin entranceway on a pyramid. <laughs> So it's, so, it's, it's like, like the Cheesecake Factory. This is the tackiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. More companies should do this. Just start making your shops into weird, crazy shapes. That sounds good. I think I like this that. will happen. I think they're going to, like, like, I think this is the funniest. I, I love this thing. If anyone has any stories about this Bass Pro Shops, please email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. I'm going to guess. Okay, so how was the, how old, how tall was the original? 455. I think it's bigger and more impressive, probably. It's 455 okay, feet. Sure. I think this uh, one's like 200 feet. Yeah, I'm going to say God, 300. It's so big. I'm looking at this picture. It is so big. And driving by it, it it's like it's that big when you drive by it. Like it's it's hard not to stare at. You ready? Oh, I'm yeah. too low, I think. It's 322 feet tall. Oh. oh my god. How tall is the space needle? I'm look uh, that up while we're at it. Significantly taller. I've never been to Seattle. I think the space needle's like at least 500 feet high. Is it the tallest building in Seattle? 605. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's the tallest spot. I don't think it's the tallest spot in Seattle. Maybe it is. What is the Space Needle, by the way? It, they made it for the World's Fair, I think, or something like that. Like There was a giant fair that came to Seattle, and so they built it for that. And now it's like the iconic thing in the city. I know. I guess I've just always... I don't know what the Space Needle is, though. Like What, what is it? It's a it's a needle for space. It's a tourist attraction. There's a restaurant. So, but, but there's the no function. It's not like a building. There's no offices in the space. It's just like it's just a giant sculpture with a restaurant atop or something. Well, there was a restaurant. I'm not 100 percent sure there's still a restaurant um, in it. But it's it's a yeah. It's like the Great Wheel of London. It's just an attraction. The what? There's a wheel in London. DK, the tallest building in Seattle is the Columbia Center at 937 yeah, feet. What is the Great Wheel in London? Uh, it's a giant Ferris wheel. Thing. What you don't know about this? I've never been. To, I've you never need been to get to out UK. of the country. Sorry to everyone in the UK who listens. I've never been there. We can. We can. We'll finagle our way to a London game one time. <laughs> that's that's actually a really good. Idea. I've never heard. That would be really funny. I'm not 100 sure that's what it's called. It's a how giant... many NFL people do you think actually travel to London for like those Jags Jets games? I think I mean, we quite a few. It. Like, do you think a lot of media people go to this? Yes. Hmm. Uh, yeah. It's a good excuse to get out of there. It's called the London Eye. Oh, I've heard of that. Not the Great Wheel. My mistake. I have not been to London. I have heard of the London Eye, though. Heifetz, let's go to London. Craig's got enough Big Ben in his life. He doesn't need it anymore. All right. I think that's all we got? Yep. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, Bass Pro Shops, because, wow, we are <laughs> huge, huge fans. I the bet the aliens helped them build that thing. Pyramid. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Lorne. Uh, thank you, Tove Lowe. Wow. I, okay. What do you think? Very contemporary from the same guy who gave us Stan Getz. Yeah. And George Jones. I'm. Did I'm, you do I'm your homework impressed. yet, Craig? Did you listen to George Jones? Craig actually froze while we were doing this. So that's good timing. <laughs> wow. Craig is gone. I couldn't tell if he was reacting to the thing or if he was just like thinking Craig about it. Craig is so stunned by the turns total out mention just frozen. that you actually broke him. <laughs> that's funny. Is there anything we want to do while Craig can't yell at us? Is there anything we want to say? He still holds all the power of editing, so it's I know, kind of, but like, it's a tough if spot. this makes it in, is there anything we want to get off our chest while Craig's frozen? I mean, you could talk more about Russell Gage and dunk on him and all that. Hey, Craig, I froze. We, um, we had a little vacation while you were while you were gone. Yeah, I froze. That's on me. We just talked about how funny it was that you dipped as soon as like it was Tovely mentioned Tovlo and you dipped, and we just joked how you broke him. 
Uh, talking body. I mean, can you do any better than that song? I'm not sure. I just, I'm just honestly, I'm, I'm actually like legit impressed. DK knows who Tovlo is. All right. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>